That's awesome. Please take a seat. Oh, wow. What uh, amazing singing. You guys really believe Jesus is alive, don't you? Yeah, I can tell. It's awesome. And uh, thank you, team, for leading us. Hey, I just was, as I was worshiping, I, you know, it's easy when you're in the crowd and there's excitement and joy and, you know, fervor of praise and worship. But I know there'll be some people in here tonight and actually your life right now is a bit heavy going. And right on your life, I just sense there's some people here, there's a bit of a heaviness and, you know, you're struggling with some things and maybe you're trying to overcome some things. And, you know, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your worries on him for he cares for you. You know, it's beautiful to sing and praise despite how you feel. You'll hear more about that tonight. But I know that Jesus is compassionate, and I just want us to take a moment before Greta and I begin to share. I just want you to close your eyes, and I want you to just put your hands on your laps, um, just with your palms up like you're going to get something put in your hands from heaven tonight. And I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit if He will minister the presence of Jesus to you. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking right now, you know every need, you know every heart in this place. You know those that are overflowing with joy right now, and you know those that are sad or finding the going tough. And Spirit of God, whatever our condition, I pray right now that you will minister the presence of Jesus to every life. Lord, we give you those problems. We give you those worries. You said to cast them on you because you care for us. And right now, just receive the touch of the Holy Spirit on your life. Just receive the presence of Jesus. Let it thicken around you. Spirit of God, would you minister the glory of Jesus' presence right now to people's lives? Just an increase that, Lord. There's some people, you just feel like there's a real sense of peace starting to cloak you. We just minister that peace. I believe there's angels in this place tonight. Father God has sent them, and I, I see them just coming and ministering to people here today, the peace of God that passes all understanding. I see others, you just God's ministering hope to you, hope for the future, that that thing you're going through right now, there will be hope that it will work out. As long as you trust God, He'll work it out for you. Some of you need direction. You're not sure where you're headed in life. You've got some big decisions to make in the next months. And by the end of this year, in fact, some of you got to make some really big decisions. And I just want to tell you, the Lord will lead you if you just ask Him. And right now, Lord, that peace, just minister it into every heart and every life. And Lord, we just command all the weights to lift right now. Just uh, heavy weights off people's shoulders, off their hearts, off their minds. And Spirit of God, just touch your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the Bible says, be still and know that he's God. I think there are moments where we have to just be still before the Lord. And by the way, what you're doing here now and enjoying the presence of God, and some of you are just sensing God on you, you can do that at home. You can just sit in an armchair and just tune into God for a few minutes. Let His peace wash over you. You can put on some worship music and just sit down. And when you're finding life's tough, just take that moment to sit before the Lord. And we call it soaking, soaking in His presence. And you can do it anywhere 
any time. So God bless you. Maybe you want to open your eyes again. How many felt God touching you just then? There's a whole bunch of hands going up. And, and so anyway, we want to share something with you this, this evening that we trust will really, really encourage you. And uh, by the way, Manuel, you've got a preaching anointing on your son. Uh, preacher and teacher of the word. I think I see in you a gifting to make complicated things simple. And I just believe that you're going to teach the Word of God to many people. I don't know where God's going to have you end up, but I see nations. And I just see you teaching the Word of God and hungry people hanging on your words and also believing God for demonstrations of the Spirit that confirm the preaching of the Word. So I don't know where you're at, but just keep digging into the Word. And, you know, God's just going to cause it all to flow out. I just so enjoyed what you shared. So... Honey, over to you. Yes, it was fantastic, Manuel. Thank you. Oh, the presence of God is just so wonderful. I could just stay here. Shall we just cancel the message? <laughs> but I do believe what God wants to speak through His Word tonight, um, they are powerful keys um, to break through. And the prophetic word I want to share is called Release the Raw. In Revelation 5, in the first nine verses, John sees events in heaven. God is sitting on the throne and he's holding a scroll sealed with seven seals. And then John writes, you know, I wept and wept because there was no one found who was worthy to open the scroll. Then one of the elders said, don't weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll with his seven seals. And then Jesus went and took, the, th the, took the, the scroll and the elders fell down before him. And note this, they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. One of the spices um, in, in the incense was called onika. And the original Hebrew word for onika is a link to another word which means to roar as a lion. And this is the prophetic word. Release the roar, release the roar, release the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I received this over and over again as a prophetic song. Release the roar of war, release the roar of intercession. Um, day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Let the roar rise up to the throne of God like incense rising, filling golden bowls. And God is calling His people across the earth to 24-7 prayer. You need to know that your roar of intercession carries great power because James writes that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Your roars will release breakthrough in this church, in this city, and in this nation, and the nations of the world. God is wanting to use your prayers to release that shift and change in the nations that we spoke about this morning. It is also the roar of victory because the line of Judah has triumphed. Release the roar of praise. 
The heavens are roaring the praise of your glory. That's what John heard literally several times. So here on earth, just as it is heaven, let the roar of praise continually rise up. And there was a fantastic roar of praise happening here tonight. I loved it. The praise. And you know, even when it is a sacrifice, and I sense that there's some of you here tonight, you're facing challenging circumstances. But in spite of your situation, keep singing praise. Your praise will release breakthrough in your life. You know, when my first husband, Ron, very suddenly died um, about just over 10 years ago, God graced me to keep singing praise to him every single day um, for many, many weeks. Even when I had tears going down my face and I, I didn't feel like it, I chose to do it. And I just clung to Jesus. And you know, after five months, he miraculously healed my broken, grieving heart. It was a literal instant, in a moment. I was in his presence and he touched me and made me whole. And soon after, he released me into my future. He just brought breakthrough that I didn't expect, but he's just such an incredible, kind, magnificent God. And you know, there's some of you here, you're hearing raging roars, but you need to know that the raging roars of fear, intimidation, and hopelessness being released from the enemy, it's not from God, it's from the enemy right now, come from a defeated foe. Because Jesus said, I've given you authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. Resist the devil and he will flee from you, says James 4, 7. Remember, the spirit of the Lion of Judah lives in you. And the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. So roar boldly at the challenges you're facing. Don't just accept them and live with them. Some of you need to draw a line in the sand, stamp your foot if you have to, and say enough is enough. There are no pussycats in the kingdom. You are lions and lionesses, so rise up and roar. You know, I come from Africa. Any more people from Africa in the house? Oh. Well, if you've heard a lion roar, do you know it is so loud it can be heard from five miles away? And it is 25 times louder than a gas-powered lawnmower. The Lord is wanting to impart to us the spirit of the lion um, in a greater measure so that you and I will release a much louder roar in the spiritual realm that would send ripples through the enemy domain. I'm not talking physically louder, but in the spiritual realm. And I just sense that God is calling Equipus Church to new levels of prayer, intercession, and fasting. You know, what did Jesus say about his church? My house will be a house of prayer for all nations. And in closing, our roar releases the roar of the Lion of Judah. Um, in in uh, visions of Jesus, I saw him as the, as the great Lion of Judah shining with his glory fire. And Jesus said, I'm about to, to roar over the nations of the earth. And when I do, I will release my fire and glory. 
And then I saw fire come out of his mouth, and it was fire for the unprecedented harvest. God is releasing a new roar of power to his people that we partner with him in bringing in the harvest. Um, and then I heard this incredible roar. I can't imitate it, it was so loud. But the blast of his breath was like a mighty powerful wind that swept across the entire nation. And there was a great sweeping in of the unsaved into the kingdom of God. That's what this is all about. Um, and Hosea 11.10 says this, They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his children will come trembling from the rest, the west. There will be this great um, gathering in of the lost children coming into the kingdom of God, and that is Jesus' heart, and he wants us to carry his heart. So let the roar rise up. Come, Lord Jesus, Lion of Judah, come and roar over New Zealand. That's great. That's great. You know, around the world today, about 150,000 people will come to Christ. That's what they estimate every day is happening. I know there's 35,000 every day in China, 33,000 in Africa every day, and tens of thousands in other nations, 150,000 every day. If you do your maths, it's about um, 50 million a year coming into the kingdom of God. Uh, we just don't see it so much in the Western nations. We see more of, a, 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 more of just a stream, but over in other nations, there's a real torrent of people coming into the kingdom. And I think what God is saying is, look, I look around, there's so many young people here. You know, over half the world's seven and a half billion people are under 25. Over half the world is under 25 tonight. And that's why God is looking to raise up an army of burning ones. Because it's the under 25s. You're going to reach your own generation. We that are older are going to do our part and champion you on and, and do everything we can to, you know, the, the years we've walked with God to try and impart stuff to you. But to see you running with fire, to see you roaring, and you've got to get that roar of faith and that roar of prayer back. And I think, Greta, you know, we're not pussycats. We're not silenced to a meow. We've got a roar meant to be in us. And yet so many times that roar is silenced by circumstances, by pain, by by distressing situations, and we, we mustn't let that happen. So I want to I, I um, pick up what Greta's been sharing. I want to talk to you about the song of freedom tonight, and uh, we're going to read Acts 16, 22 to 30. If you want to look up your phone app, uh, reading from the NIV. I got a, um, some copies of our book, Afterlife, that is out there. If you want to know anything about life after death, heaven, the future, the resurrection, judgment day, all of that stuff um, is in the book. So check it out. Mill, could you give that one away, please, to somebody? Just raise your hand if you'd like a free copy. He'll come and give you one. Oh, he didn't go very far. Sorry about that back there. How many were disappointed you didn't get a free one? Just go and buy one at the end. Disappointment will come off you. All right, there you go. Acts 16, 22 and 30. Uh, this is Paul and Silas. They've been preaching the gospel in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, and they're in a town, and people get angry at them for preaching the truth, and it just says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, and fastened their feet in the stocks. 
About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, we talked about suddenlies this morning. Here's another one of them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I think this is one of the most remarkable stories in the Bible. Paul was the great apostle who took the gospel into Europe, an amazing man, wrote more than half of the New Testament. And, uh, and yet he went into this town and... Um, and there he, he, you know, he, he encountered a vicious crowd. Isn't it interesting today, anger is rising in the nations. Rage is rising in the nations. You know, people don't like it if you speak the truth anymore, if it doesn't agree with what they say, and there's protest. And I could see how quickly a crowd turned against this man, and, and, and they beat him up, and they, and they stripped him naked in public, and they beat him, and, and then they got thrown into the inner part of the prison, which would be the worst part of the prison, the darkest, dampest part of the dungeon. And not only that, you know, they were bleeding. They, were, uh, they, were, they had cuts on them from the rods. They were in pain. Their feet were chained in stocks. And here they are in prison. And what are they doing? It says they were singing, they were praying and singing hymns to God. I find that remarkable. I find it remarkable. You know, God loves our worship all the time. You know, Jesus said, the Father seeks worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. And the reason Father seeks worshipers is because a lot of people can sing, but not everybody can worship. There's a difference between singing a song and really worshiping. You know, so not only sing, but worship from your heart with the song that you're singing. Don't just let it be the mouthing of the words. And He loves our worship all the time. James 5.13 says, if any's cheerful, let them sing. And, you know, if you're in a season where everything's going well for you right now and you feel blessed and you feel happy and good things are happening, then remember to give thanks to God. You know, if you want to maintain the season of blessing in your life, keep giving thanks to the Lord. Because when you stop giving thanks, it'll mean that that season will come to a premature end. Thankfulness will prolong a season of blessing because you will recognize it's not me that's cause of the blessing, it's Him. I think so many times in blessing, we forget that it's God. We somehow think it's us or we get casual and say, oh, well, that's great. But keep thanking God. That same scripture says, not only if any is cheerful, let them sing. It says, if any is suffering, let them pray. And there'll be people in here tonight, some cheerful and some suffering. And the Bible says, if you're suffering, pray. And not only pray, of course, sing. And that's what Greta's talking about. Don't let your roar be silenced. Let it be loud. And I noticed that the other prisoners were listening. You know, when you turn up, in your workplace, your lecture room, your classroom, your family, your neighborhood, and people see that you experience the same problems in life that they do, and yet you've got a cheerfulness in your heart, you've got a love for Jesus in your heart, 
you've got an optimism and hope, not a falseness, not, oh, you know, I'm just happy, clappy, just being real, but they can see you've got something in you. They're going to listen. They're going to watch your life and see if this Christianity that you claim to have really works in your life so that when you go through hard times, you don't get offended with God. You don't rapidly abandon your faith, but you hold on to God and you keep praising Him no matter what. That'll be impacting on multitudes of lives. Not only was the other, were the other prisoners listening, but heaven was listening. Because sacrificial praise and worship, that is praising God and worshiping Him when life is rotten, when there's pain in your heart, when things don't feel so good, when when family life is a struggle, when marriage is becoming difficult, when all those problems are there and you can still praise God and still thank Him and choose to do that, it gets heaven's attention. Sacrificial praise and worship gets heaven's attention like nothing else. And you can sense the Father on His throne whenever one of His kids begins to say, Lord, I'm in pain, I'm suffering, I'm, I'm struggling here, I don't know what's happening to me, but I'm going to choose to praise you and bless you, I tell you, Father bends his ear to that praise. He bends his ear to that worship. He takes notes. And note that it was praise in the prison, not praise for the prison. We don't praise God for sickness. We don't praise God for the evil that people do to us. But we praise God in it. He doesn't send all that stuff that's part of living in a fallen world, the devil and evil people and sometimes our own poor decision making. But in the midst of it, we can thank Him and praise Him. They're praying and they're worshiping the Lord. And I've just dropped water all over the microphone and myself. But anyway, let's hope there's no short circuits. They're praying and they're singing. And then it says, suddenly. Suddenly. We talked about that this morning. I found that breakthroughs do come suddenly, even sometimes when you least expect it. Notice here it says, suddenly about midnight. Like there's just a few minutes of the day left. How many have discovered that in life, that when you're really desperate for a breakthrough, it seems like God waits to the last minute for you to get it? Anyone else discovered that? It's like, okay, God, I needed this thing yesterday. I'm still holding on. And just right at the point where you're almost going to give up, that breakthrough comes. You think, well, like, is God playing games with us? No, He's not. He's testing your faith. See, He's testing your faith. Will you hold on to the last minute? See, faith is a really big deal to God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 6. Whoever uh, would draw near to God must believe that He exists and He rewards those who diligently seek Him. And faith is a really big deal. One day, Jesus said to Peter, uh, Peter, Satan's desire to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed that your faith would not fail. Very interesting prayer. Jesus did not say, hey, Satan, the devil's going to attack you. He's going to sift you like wheat. You're going to go through a really hard time. But guess what? I'm praying that it won't happen to you. Jesus didn't say that. He said, I'm praying that your faith will not fail. 
God is not praying that you will be protected from all the pain in the world. Jesus is not asking the Father, oh God, protect my kids. Don't let them experience any pain. He's saying, Lord, in the pain, strengthen them. In the pain, strengthen their faith. In the difficulties, let them grow in faith. Satan's goal in trials is to destroy your faith. Jesus' goal in trials is to increase your faith. You know, when you stand before God on that day, the thing that will have pleased Him is your faith, your confidence, your trust in His Word and in His character. When this earthquake happened about midnight, it says the very foundations of the prison were shaken. The prison doors flew open. The walls shook. I love that. You know, when God sets you free from your prison, I don't know what your prison is tonight. Maybe it's a prison of despair or hopelessness. Maybe you're battling some addiction. Maybe you're confused about your future. Maybe you're from a broken home and you're distressed about what is happening in your family. Maybe you've been through abuse. Maybe nightmares haunt you from things that you've experienced in the past. Everybody has some kind of prison, but Jesus wants to set you free. And if you will praise God in the prison, you'll find that at some point, He will begin to shake that prison that's held you captive. He'll begin to not only shake the walls and the doors, but the very foundation. So that when Jesus sets you free, that thing cannot be built from the ground up again. Jesus has set you free. The foundations are no longer. God goes after the root of the problem that imprisons us. Doors flew open, chains fell off. I believe there are millions in the world tonight that are trapped in ideological prisons of belief systems that are so contrary to the Word of God, they are believing lies of the devil. I watch our nation sliding more and more into an ideological mindset that is so antagonistic, so anti what God says in His Word that is going to be destructive for so many people. And people are trapped in these prisons of false belief. But God wants to set them free. And I believe as the church roars in prayer, as we sing in worship, and as we minister the gospel to people, it's called the good news for a reason, we're going to see those prison walls come down. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see multitudes coming into the kingdom of God. <clears throat> you know, when you get into a tough time, don't let Satan steal your song. He's a thief. That's what Jesus called him. He's a thief. And you know, when you go through a hard time, what he'll do is he'll come and whisper in your ear, where's God? Why is God letting this happen to you? You, you know, you prayed about this. This shouldn't be happening. Uh, you, you prayed for healing, but now you're sicker than ever. Uh, you prayed for your marriage to be whole, but hey, nothing's happened so far. And he begins to accuse the character of God. He begins to slander the character of God. And if we believe his slander against God's character, we will start to get offended at God. And I tell you what, when you've got an offense towards God in your heart, it's impossible to praise. Because all you're doing is mouthing words that you don't really believe in your heart. Because in your heart, your heart's saying, well, is God good after all? And you got to be convinced that he's a good God. When, you know, when I was in my early 30s, I had a battle with lymphatic cancer. Went through nine months of chemotherapy. That was the same year my wife Jane went into a wheelchair for the first time. Our children were eight, six, and two. They were young. I was leading a church in Wellington, New Zealand, Wellington, and uh, down, down the road. And, and, I, and I just had to say, God, why is all this happening? 
I need an answer, Lord. Why is this happening to us? I was reading Psalm 119 uh, one day, and I've got to verse 168, and it just says there, the psalmist said, if you read the verses around that, it talks about, he talks about all his suffering. And then he says this, but Lord, you are good, and what you do is good. I read that, and I thought, wow, I don't need an answer as to why I'm going through this. All I need to know that is he's good, and what he does is good, and he's going to bring us through. And he did bring me through. I've been healed ever since, and Jane has been promoted to heaven. You heard that this morning, and, you know, she's happy up there, and Greta and I are happy down here, and and doesn't mean all our troubles are over. There's, you know, trouble just follows you around life, but it's what you do with it. And always, I've always believed since that day, it's been etched into my spirit. Whatever's happening to me, Lord, you're a good God, and what you do is good. And when you maintain that, don't allow the enemy to slander the character of God, you'll find that the Lord will just bring you into that place where you're able to sing and praise Him even when it's tough. You know, when Jane passed away, I was like Greta. I couldn't pray much. I know the stuffing had been knocked out of me. I'd prayed for years and years for a miracle of healing. And when she died, I thought, wow, I just haven't got a prayer left in me. But what I did is I could sing. And I would put on worship music. I would lay on my bed. I would listen to worship music. I would start to sing along. And I did that day after day for weeks and weeks and weeks, just like Greta. And you know what happened? God began to change the winter in my soul to spring, just as I worshiped the Lord. And Psalm 40 verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to my God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in Him. All Greta and I do now for the last 10 years, we go around this nation and other nations telling people that God is a good God because He's put a new song in our mouth, a song of hope, a song of thankfulness, a song that He can turn rotten situations into good. He can extract good from bad. And all we're doing is going around singing our song and people are being encouraged and blessed. That's what this ministry is about. giving others hope, encouraging and strengthening others. And if we hadn't had that testimony, if God hadn't put that song in our heart in the midst of suffering and pain, our ministry would not be as effective as it is because we can look people in the eye and say, we know what pain is, we know what loss is, but we know too that God is a good God. He'll never fail you. He'll never forsake you. You know, I believe the world is going into a winter season right now. Things are tough for the world. They've lost their way. When you abandon God, He lifts His hand off a nation. And no longer is is a nation so protected and so blessed as it once was. And we're just open to any old thing that begins to come into our nation or the nations of the earth. And I believe the world is going into a winter time. But at the same time, God is bringing the church into a spring season. And the reason for that is that while the world will be groaning in their winter, the church will be singing in their spring. And they will hear the sounds of joy coming out of the church. Yes, we're facing the same difficulties, but there's a song and there's a praise and the love for God. And I believe that will attract people to say, what is it with you people? What is it that you have? And our answer is, our hope is in Jesus. Well, I thought that was good preaching. About three of you did. But anyway, there you go. I'll try not to spill the water over myself this time. You know, if you're in winter right now in your life, 
Don't wait for spring to come before you start singing. Start singing and spring will come. When you begin to praise God, the season will change over your life. It really will. And when you're going through it, when you're down and, and it's difficult, I love what Psalm 42 verse 5 says. And I say this to myself whenever I'm getting discouraged or feeling a bit under the weather. It says, why be downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my God and my rock. He will put a new song in our mouth, a hymn of praise to God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in Him. There was a man who lived in the 1800s. He was a businessman, lived in Chicago, the United States. His name was Horatio Spafford. He's a very wealthy businessman. Uh, he and his wife had five children, one son, four daughters, and uh, tragically, it was late 1800s, their son uh, one year contracted, I don't know what it, whether it was tuberculosis or some disease that for which there was no cure back then, and they lost their son. Son passed away, died young. And then they decided a year later that they would take a bit of a holiday in Europe. They wanted to go and follow the evangelist Eel Moody into some of his European campaigns and have a wee break, and so they planned uh, the the. Horatio Spafford and his wife and their four daughters to um, just take a ship and sail towards England and spend some time in England and Europe. And they booked the tickets and they were ready to go. And then a huge fire swept through Chicago, the great Chicago fire. I think more than half the city was burned down. It's a terrible fire. You can read about it. You can Google it. Chicago fire, 1800s. You'll find it was a devastating fire that burned so much of Chicago to the ground thing about that is Horatio Spafford, uh, he had a lot of investment property and just about all of it went up in smoke. Like they lost everything. And he said to his wife, listen, <clears throat> I'm going to have to stay back and sort out our problems here. Uh, you take our daughters and you sail to England and I'll join you as soon as I can. And so they, the mother and the, the four daughters sailed uh, across the Atlantic and as they were crossing about halfway across the Atlantic, unfortunately, their vessel hit another vessel and it sunk. And many people lost their lives, including Horatio Spafford's four daughters. They all drowned. And the mother was rescued by another ship and taken to England. And she sent a telegram to her husband, which just said, Saved alone. Saved alone. He got a ticket on the next ship that he could to sail across the Atlantic and join his wife. And as he was going across the Atlantic, he wrote a song. He wrote a hymn. And he called it, It is well with my soul. When peace, this is like some of the words, when peace like a river attends my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, sea billows are big waves, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you've taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. He wrote the lyrics, I think later on it was put to music, and when they, when the captain of the vessel stopped uh, over the place where the, the other ship had gone down, so that people on board could pay their respects. 
Spafford paid his respects, but he'd written this song. And he was able to say, Lord, it is well, it is well with my soul. Wow, lost all his five children, lost his business, lost his properties. He's still singing, it is well, it is well with my soul. That hymn's gone on to bless millions of people. You know, uh, Bethel Music have just put a modern version out a few years ago. It just is still ongoing. Because a man one day said, I'm going to praise God in this prison. I'm not going to let the devil put me in a prison of bitterness and resentment for the rest of my life. I'm going to praise God. Wow, he did that. And look what happened. An amazing, amazing thing. They ended up in the Middle East in Jerusalem and God blessed them. They didn't have any other children, but wow, I guess their kids are in heaven. What a testimony. Now, you might not be facing the loss of five loved ones. You not, might not be facing all your stuff being burned up. I want to tell you, there's people in California that have lost everything in those fires. We love Bill Johnson and Bethel Church. So many of those people have lost their homes in that church through that huge Californian fire. I listened to their podcast the other day. That church was singing and praising God in the midst of hundreds of them having seen their homes gone up in flame. Wow. And you and I get annoyed when we don't get the car park space we prayed for. Come on. Music team, you can come back right now. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing a song. I hope this was communicated to you. Spirit breakout. Are you good with that, Isaac? And this song, you know, I believe there may be people here today and your prison walls need to come down. And I'm not promising it's all going to happen tonight as we sing the song, but I'm saying if you will maintain your roar. See, some of you need to get your roar back of prayer and faith. Some of you need to get your song back. I believe that Equippers Church, God is going to make your roar and your song louder yet. It's going to be a reverberation in the spirit realm. The prayer levels in this place need to go higher. The worship and that, not just for a Sunday, but you go out there with a worshiping heart. And as we sing Spirit Breakout, I want you to sing it tonight. Sing, God, I've got some prison walls that need to come down. You know, maybe you're not in a prison yourself. Maybe you know someone that is. Why don't you sing for them tonight? They might be in a prison of unbelief far away from God, a prison of sickness, a prison of drug addiction, whatever their prison, a prison of pornography. I don't know what it is, but you can sing for your own prison. You can sing for somebody else's. And this word, this, this song says, Spirit, break out, break our walls down. And then the choruses go. Our Father, all of heaven, roars your name. Well, I'm going to ask us tonight, why don't we roar to the name of God tonight and worship Him? Come on, let's stand to our feet.